Okay, here we go. Part two of the Kelby McNabb story. Again, ex-con. He's a pastor now. He's an entrepreneur and just a really, really uh, amazing guy. Part two of the story is today on, um, on Background Check. We get to hear what happened uh, on his birthday. Stick around. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check hey everyone welcome to background check podcast where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back it should pay you back and it's brought to you by forgiving felons helping people with the past realize their future if you want to know more about Forgiven Felons and what we're doing, go to ForgivenFelons.org and check us out. We can also watch the documentary about Forgiven Felons on Roku TV, Tubi TV, and uh, the Christian Movie Channel on YouTube. Check all those out. Also, uh, share the show. We're also brought to you by Clarity Roofing and Solar. Call my friend today, Joe Maderos at 469-386-9116 or visit them at ClarityRoofingAndSolar.com. And they'll get you an estimate on, you know, we've had some storms lately, man. So uh, give them a call. Tell them you heard it on Background Check Podcast. And I promise you, they'll take care of you. And uh, and if you're in the market for solar, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, because there's no down payment. And, uh, I mean, obviously, if you have a good credit score, you know, you'll get a good interest rate and all that stuff. So, anyway, man, we're in our second month. And we are producing and selling so much solar back to the grid. It's incredible. Love it. And, you know, now we own our electricity. We don't just rent. So pretty cool. Call them today. Joe Maderos, Clarity Roofing and Solar, 469-386-9116. Don't forget to tell them you heard it on Background Check Podcast. And let's see, who else uh, do we, okay. So, yeah, I, a shout out quick to Timothy from the Ramsey unit. I think Ramsey won. Hey, man, we got your letter. Um, and uh, And, yes, we're trying to come. Uh, to you guys man listen let me tell you oh my gosh all right everybody that's that's uh trying to get me to come to the unit be patient okay uh there's a lot of people asking and uh and then there's a lot of chaplains and activity coordinate inmate activity coordinators being caught off guard like what's going on who is this person you know so um so let's let's follow protocol on that on on how we do it and uh and that and that way you know everything just goes smoother and uh, I can, if they want to contact me, let them. If um, if uh, if the, if they want me to contact them, I'll do it. Okay. And also, just some housekeeping, man. Listen, um, when we have guests on the show, sometimes they want to be contacted, and sometimes they're just here to share their story. Uh, they don't really do anything that you know. Uh, not everybody's called to mentor through the mail, correspond with you. Uh, they're not going to give you money, you know. So please, guys, you know, I don't want. I don't want a couple couple people to ruin it for everybody. And listen, I'm just be I'm speaking from my heart right now. I used to be an inmate, so I know sometimes the games that inmates could play, and and even people out here in the world play them. You know, on the street corners, panhandling, they're playing games. You know, so 
But listen, let's let's be respectful of the guests. If if they do have a way to contact them and, and you want to reach out, uh, you know, don't be asking for money and don't be asking for stamps and don't be asking for things. You know, um, uh, they're you know if if they're calling us to to mentor you through the mail, then they'll do it. You know, they'll do it. But if not, I mean, like I've I've been up front with y'all. I'm not. I don't have time. I can't do it. We got too many other things. You know, when you get out. Come check us out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll mentor through phone calls and in person and all that. But uh, let's be respectful. Uh, and that's st- strictly talking to the people behind bars. So, excuse me. <clears throat> so, anyway, just had to get that out of the way. Uh, let's see what's next. Y'all just keep us in your prayers, man. We're going through this uh, boarding home process with the new house. And it's costing a lot of money. Uh, if you If you... If you love the show, uh, I'm talking to people out here in the world now. If you love the show and it's impacted you in some way, uh, or if you were in prison and now you're out and you have the ability to, to donate and you want to give to the show, man, or, or for the show, to the ministry, then uh, go to ForgivenFelons.org and just click that donate button, and that'd be great, all right? If, if your life has been impacted some way by it, man, just uh, and, you, and you pray about it and feel free to, and you feel uh, released to give, man, uh, we could use the help right off, right off the bat, man. The plumbing uh, inspection is going to cost us fifteen hundred bucks. Crazy. Anyway, because uh, they got to get certain things up to code. So, and we have to have a building inspection, and so that's the reason. Anyway, if you can help, great. If not, don't worry about it. But that's the process we're in right now. And um, uh, let's just get to. Oh, first of all, if you if you're going, man, what's wrong with his voice? Is he sick? No, I'm not sick. But Wednesday night at the Kyle unit. Come on, Kyle unit, Chaz. All you guys, Pillars pillars class, uh, we rocked the Kyle unit. Man, when we first got there, first of all, we had three, uh, we had two uh, worship teams back out, and we had to get this, this other one was like, took us on three or four days notice, man. It was just crazy, and they came, and we, I've never heard them before, never knew them, and so I was kind of scared because I knew the first two groups. Anyway, they came and man, they rocked it for Jesus, and we had we had revival. Uh, we got to the unit. Me and Travis Henderson. Shout out to Travis Henderson. He's on the podcast in some earlier episodes, but he came and brought some people, and then the worship team brought some people, and we, I mean, we got to the unit, and there's fire, fire truck, ambulance, and and things going on, and it was delayed. And they, they're between wardens, and I didn't know they got a new warden. That was the second day, and he comes walking out, and I thought he's going to cancel. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to cancel. All these people have driven three and a half hours to get here. And he just said there's going to be a delay. And then he ended up knowing Travis. They knew each other, so that was cool. Uh, but we didn't get started, man, to almost 637, something like that, and, and it was just crazy. It was crazy, but and then all of a sudden the worship was amazing. People came that wasn't going to come because he let me and Travis go, you know, cell to cell and trying to trying to talk some people into coming. And people came. We had 20 salvations, first-time salvations, never given their heart to the Lord, gave their heart to the Lord that night. Four of them came because they thought they were going to get to hear their friend, their inmate, play the drums. Well, he didn't even get to play. And I was telling him, man, I'm sorry that you didn't get to play. But then he said, it's okay. My friends came down uh, and got saved. You know, the ones that came to hear me play, didn't get to hear me play, but they now they're going to be saved and live in eternity. So it's great, man. The worship was amazing. Uh, God just gave me a word uh, with my testimony, and uh, it spoke to some men. Uh, many, many more hands went up to just rededicate their lives to the Lord. 
you know, and, um, and then, man, we just had pockets of prayer going on all over the unit. People, inmates were praying for inmates. Volunteers were praying for inmates. Inmates were praying for volunteers, staff. It was just incredible. And I want to just say thanks to the Kyle unit staff, the new warden there. Uh, I forgot. I, he's so new, I don't even know his name. And uh, But thank you guys for being all the counselors, Miss Gaines, um, all, all of you guys. Uh, thank you for the shirt, the T-shirt I got. Woo -woo. Um, so anyway... It was amazing, and and we want to bring that to your unit, you know, as much as we can. So, uh, I think I think we're gonna to try to get to the Lindsay Lindsay State Jail pretty soon. So we're trying to get to the Lane Murray unit. Come on, Lane Murray. Uh, we need your chaplain to get back so we can get out there. <laughs> but uh, but they're on vacation, I think. So you know, let them let them let them get rest. Um, but yeah, Ramsey, Timothy, and Ramsey, we're trying to uh, we want to try to get to you too. So anyway. We love y'all. Uh, we need to get to part two of this story. Uh, Pastor Kelby McNabb. It's great. We get to learn what uh, what happened after his birthday. This guy was an ex-con. He's a pastor, entrepreneur, amazing guy. And uh, we get to hear part two of his story today. All right. Here you go. And I don't know what's going on. I swore I had a, uh, uh, I swore I gave my life to Jesus and things were supposed to get better. Yeah. But here we are. And it doesn't end there. I literally, um, one last time, my friend hits me up and says, hey, it's my birthday. You want to do anything? You want to go hang out? I said, yeah, let's go downtown. I won't drink because I'm, you know my situation and I want to do better. But we go downtown Greenville and we end up taking a shot because I snuck him a shot. I got him a shot. Somehow the, the bar let me get him a shot. And so I'm like, I'll take it with you. And we took that. And next thing you know, I got peels in my car that were taken and we go to a, a, a strip club or a club and getting in fights and arguments because we're just belligerent. Now we're so drunk. We're headed back to Clemson University to see if there's any parties over there. And I hit the car next to me trying to drive. Just nodding off. This is the second hit and run. And now I'm so scared because I've done got so many hit and I got a hit and run and so many DUIs pending that I can't I, I can't get caught. I cannot get caught. So I take off running. Wow. And, and take off driving. And I pull into this neighborhood and try to um, and try to hide. And here's my way of trying to hide. Pull in the driveway and act like I live there. In my head, I thought I was going to pull in the driveway smoothly. What ended up happening is I ran straight through the driveway and hit their house with my car. Totaled it. Wow. Just destroyed the whole car. Um, the police come out. Fire department comes out. It, I mean, I never forget the officer that showed up on the scene first, a female officer trying to get all of us because it was three of us in that car and she's trying to get us all together. And um, she's just yelling, you get out here. Yeah. And we're running around calling like, you got to come get me where the police are here. So I get locked up. And uh, this is now the fourth DUI and the second hit and run. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. Like life's over. You, you, um, you get ready to go ahead and prepare. Uh, you're going down the road, five, seven years, something like that. They're not going to have mercy on you no more. And I'm, all, I'm, I'm depressed out of my mind, and I find myself walking on this railroad track. My mother's trying to encourage me, trying to help me to the best of her ability. And, I, and I'm just walking on this railroad track all alone, contemplating my life. Wow. And like, what is, like arguing with God. Like, God, I thought I gave my life to you back in that jail cell. I thought things were going to be up. You weren't going to let me do this. I thought things like this isn't what I had in mind when you said, you know, come to me. Um, 
And I'm sitting on this railroad track crying my eyes out. I'll never forget it because there's a coyote right down 50 yards that jumps over the railroad track. And I'm watching the coyote to make sure he doesn't sneak up on me. And I'm just sitting there crying, man, and, and, and praying and asking God, God, what I do. And I really feel like he spoke to my heart in that moment, the Holy Spirit, and said, Kelby, I still love you and I'm going to use you. And, um, you know, that was just an, an encouraging word. It was that hope thing again, man. It was yeah. like, Kelby, it ain't over. It ain't over. And I, I took that in and I went back home and I talked with my mom and I said, Mama, I think I want to go to rehab. I just want to go to rehab. I need to go. I need to do something. And um, we talked a little bit about, you know, why that's a good idea. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just something that you're just going through because you're a young 23, 22-year-old. All of us go through it when we, you know, first get the ability to buy alcohol. But I was like, no, I think um, I think this is the right move. And so she's like, all right, I know this place it's called Home with a Heart. It's a thrift. It's a thrift store around the city that she loves going and thrifting at. And she also found out that the thrift store supports the rehab. That's okay. why they have it. And so uh, she checks me in and, and uh, she my stepdad drops me off. And uh, it was uh, I met a man named Alex Ritchie, the director of Home with the Heart. And he says, come on, country boy, big country boy out there in the farm. I mean, literally, it's a farm. As soon as you pull up to the rehab, there's cows, there's pigs in the back, there's chickens. And I'm like, we're out here in the sticks in the middle of Liberty, South Carolina. And the only rehab they believe in is Jesus. There is no sitting down with the therapist, taking pills to help. They're just like, you're going to get preached to three times a day. You're going to be talked about. You're going to talk about the gospel. You're going to get tools to help you. Uh, navigate through your relationships and through drug addiction. But one thing that we're clear on, it is Jesus that's going to save you and, and help you. And so I go to this rehab, man, and um, 60 days I stay there. And it was the most peace I felt in my life up to that point. No girls, no parents, nobody bothered me, no cars, no jobs, no people needing things. No, I had a job. I had chores that I had to do, laundry and go out and on a truck and help load furniture and uh, through that entire time, man, I was just building my relationship with with um, with Jesus. And I was hoping that I still had that journal because uh, I documented every day of that yeah, that journey wow. in there. And um, well, all that sounds good, but I still got to go to court. And so my my court day eventually comes up and my parole officer is like this. Listen, and I don't have a I don't have a paid lawyer. I got a public defender, you know, from the from the county. And he's like, you better tell your public defender to push this back as far as possible till you get finished with parole or this ain't going to be good for you because you're on your fourth year. You got about 11 more months to go. And uh, you have done such a great job. Kelby. Every time I've drug tested you, you've passed it. I know what you've gone through with your brother. I'm not. And so his name was agent Carr, and he was extremely gracious to me. And he told me, you better hope that they just push this back. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to do this right now to you because they're going to send you back down the road mandatory. And so um, we push it. He pushes it back. And eventually I had to go in front of the judge. And I just when I left that rehab, man, I was different. I was different. Uh, It was it was a real relationship. Now it was I'm ready to lay my life down. You know, I it was it was that it was like it was one of those moments where it's like, Kelby, I'm not big on suicide. I'm not, I I never have really entertained that idea in my head, but it was, it was, if there was any moment in my life where I thought about that or entertained those thoughts, it was then. And I had another Holy spirit moment where it's like, Kelby, if you hate your life so much and you don't care about it, why don't you just give it to me then? 
you're already going to just want to end it or, or destroy it. Just give it to me. You ain't doing nothing with it. And so I took that off and I said, okay, I'm going to do this the actual way he wants me to, which is not just say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But now actually your words got to line up with your actions. It's now you show people, you be, you show yourself, you believe. And so I got off that rehab, man. And dude, I had this faith and this hope that was just stupid. Um, it, it, it was, it was almost, it was almost, um, like crazy, yeah. like a lunatic. Yeah. Cause I just felt like things were going to be okay. I don't know why, but I feel like God did something to me and that this was, this was just a part of the process. And, uh, I didn't have a job. My God, South Carolina sent me a letter that said, if you get in trouble one more time, the DMV did, we will permanently take your license away forever. Oh, you will not wow. be able to drive in this state. I've never received a letter like that. I've received all kinds of letters for like, you know, you lost this points and we're going to spend it for six. This one said one more time, you get one of these big charges. You're, you ain't driving here no more. Oh, and so I don't have a license. I don't have a, a car. I don't have a job. I'm staying in this shed in the back of my mom's house, man, there ain't a lot to be looking hopeful about right now. You got to go in front of court. And so I get this phone call one day and it's a gentleman that says hey are you looking for a job we have an opening position here at our landscaping company i was like yeah you know, i dress up real nice i i put on a collar shirt it's a weed eating job for nine dollars an hour yeah. and uh i'm all dressed up in like this nice little uniform and <laughs> trying to do my best and uh they give me the job but during the interview they never asked me if i if i had a ride or if i had a license and i didn't tell them because i didn't want them to I didn't want them to not give me the job. I really needed this. Um, and so at the end of that interview, he just asked me, he's like, hey, do you, do you need a ride home? I was like, yeah. And he drops me off. And for the next nine months, he picked me up and dropped me off every single day wow. at my house and even took me to the gym in the morning to work out. And uh, it was a straight God moment. And that was that was the beginning of me really feeling like God God might be up to something with you, Kelby. And so I go to court. Finally, the day comes where four DUIs, two hit and runs. You got caught with weed in the car. You got caught with freaking pills. All that is now coming up. And I go in front of the judge with my public defender. And I just, I tell it to him. I tell it to him. I show him what has happened since then. And uh, I tell him all the things that I've done as far as going to my rehab, um, taking the driver's ed course, uh, showing up to church now, now that I'm at this point in my life, I've reconnected with pastor Jason and I'm actually okay. going to his church on a daily basis and serving, um, even at the sake of not having a license. I would, and I tell this to some people sometimes, and I don't know how God can use this, but I love using it when I'm talking to young men who are like, Oh well, yeah, but I can't go to church because like, I don't have a car. I have a license. I was driving to church without a license because my brain told me Kelby, you would drive God knows how long for a blunt and for Xanax bars back when you were living that life. But now the very thing that could set you free and change your life forever, you won't risk it. Now, I don't I don't know what to do with that advice. I don't give that out to everybody. And right. I say, hey, look, you work that out with God. But for me, that's exactly what I was willing to do. And I straight up kind of just told him. Now, of course, over that time, I was able to get a um, a license, a route restricted license. I-85, take this right. If we catch you anywhere else, you're done. Um, 
And so I was able to get a route restricted license from the DMV to work and to go to church. And uh, that judge let me walk out that day. He dropped wow. three DUIs. He dropped one of the hit and runs or something like that. And a bunch of other stuff. And um, I walked out of that jail cell without, uh, without out of that courtroom without any, any issues. Um, wow. I was, I was free. I was a clean slate. Um, and uh, I had to do uh, actually, I, I think I had to do 90 days arrest. 90 days house arrest. And uh, I was like, okay, that's, that's completely fine. But other than that, man, I, I was, I was done. I was, I was good to go. And life changed, dude. Life changed after that. I started really getting serious about personal development. I started getting really serious about character development, getting really serious about building a relationship with God and not only just living out here to pay bills, but actually realizing that I'm a spiritual being that is in a body, but Uh, that, that God is real and that he loves me and that Jesus is real and that there is something important for me to do here on earth. That's why I'm sent. And, um, I dove head deep into that thing and life has been just totally different than I, I stay connected to that church and pastor Jason eventually become the youth pastor three years later, lead a, a youth ministry, met my wife, uh, in a prayer group, prayer ministry there okay, one wanna, night. I'll, all right. I want to interrupt you. Um, uh-huh. So Pastor Jason hired you as a youth pastor? Yeah, yeah. So with uh, with with wait a minute. With four how many did you how many felonies on your record? Yeah, like six, seven. It was bad. Okay. And so yeah. did did you have to go in front of the board of the church? Did he have to get approval for that? Did he have to? I mean, because I mean it's just unheard of for churches to hire people uh with with felonies uh, outside of just putting them on the maintenance staff. 100% right. And and that's why I said, this is, I wrestle with this story so much and telling it because I don't want to give people false hope because it, it literally is like, it's just, it's just like not heard of. And I don't know why it happened, but so pastor Jason had just left and started his own church and he wasn't being planted by another mother church. He had a board, but he was really by himself. Um, at the time, maybe 60 people there at the church, 60, 70, 80 people. Um, and I had already been there for three years and I kept expressing to him how much that I think I could help with our troubled youth. Yeah. And um, we had a series of conversations around what that entails. And um, he basically just said, you know what, Kelby, I'm going to, I'm going to believe you. We're not going to put you on like a full-time salary, heck, barely even part-time salary. It's really just more like gas money and stuff. But I believe you, I believe you could do this. I've, I've known you for the past nine years now. Um, I've seen where you've come from in these past three years. You've really, you've really, uh, watch this. I was a youth pastor with a freaking blow detector in my car. <laughs> I used to go pick up youth students. This is crazy. I used to go pick up youth students because I had to get my license back and they, they were going to South Carolina was going to give my license back, but they said, we want you to have the breathalyzer in your car for 18 to 24 months. I said, okay, we'll make it happen. They gave my license, but I had to have that breathalyzer. And so, uh, I was the youth pastor with the breathalyzer and, um, I used to tell I used to tell the students that it's just the it's the microphone for the for the fire department. They reach out to me every now and then. But literally, man, it's so unheard of. And he took such a gamble on me and what he really believed God was doing in my life. 
and just decided to, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to let you do this. We got so 10 kids here that definitely need someone who has gone through what you have gone through to speak to them. And um, we're going to do it. We're going to get this little building in the mall. And on Wednesday nights, we're going to have service there and we're going to invite the, the the youth out. And it was a lot of um, it wasn't the youth that goes to our church. It was youth that was from some 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 different parts of the city and stuff like that. And it was yeah. a really incredible experience. But that's how that literally happened. Well, uh, you know, it, it is unheard of. I have, um, I, I know of back in the seventies, a pastor here in the Dallas area named Jadon George at Calvary church hired a gentleman named Maury Davis, who, uh, and, and he put him on the janitorial staff and, uh, mm. Maury Davis did time for murder. Uh, wow. he, he only did like eight years, I think of a 30 year sentence or whatever. Uh, you know, I may, I may have some of the facts wrong, but I know that that's, the gist of it and they hired him and he took a lot of flack for it. It, it eventually you know uh his son became a good friend of mine that's how i know uh some of the details of the story and um but i asked him i said man when you did that back in the late 70s did did you get a lot of flack from the church and he said well yeah mm. and then and then eventually uh he moved him into uh a pastoral role i think wow. i think i think it was the youth and he said half the church left at that time and mm. uh and then and then eventually he he uh maury davis became an evangelist and started traveling but he was still on staff at calvary but eventually one of the churches in tennessee a struggling church only a couple hundred uh members asked ask him if he would consider coming and being the pastor of the church and take it over and, wow. uh, and he prayed wow. with his pastor, he prayed with his pastor back in, in, in Dallas and, and, uh, and they kind of, you know, released him to let him go take over that church. And, and when he retired, wow. he retired just a few years ago, um, you know, from that church. And, uh, he, I mean, it was, I mean, I mean, he, I think he took it to thousands and thousands of people. That's crazy. Uh, so, so I know it's happened before, but it's funny. I asked, I, I asked that pastor, I said, could you do that in today's time? And he said, absolutely not. It's so rare, man. I know it's so like even me, like I tell my wife all the time, like, you know, I will not let my, I, I will not let my daughter date like me. I don't know why you did. Like, I don't know why you did what you did. Like, like I, I will wrestle in my head. Like should, like if my daughter would come home and be like, Hey, this is Kelby. Uh, I met him at church. I would be like, baby, let me, I don't know if this is the right decision. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I give, I give my father-in-law flack for not believing cause he, he knew me, but he also knew me, uh, from being in jail and an alcoholic and all that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, why can't you see me now? You know what, you know, it's, it, it's sticking. Why aren't you letting me date your daughter? Why aren't you letting me marry your daughter? And you know, but I, 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 I was like so mad at him, but then I started thinking, okay, now I have two daughters. Uh, you know, what, what am I yeah. going to say to to one of them if they I come up it. and say, I Hey, I, I just met this guy. Yeah. He just got out of prison and I'm going to have to like, I, you know, gosh, it yeah. would me and my I wife, know. when me and my wife, we, uh, we mentor single people, you know, some women that, that are just wondering if, you know, they're, they're tired of dating the wrong guy and they're wondering if the, the right guy is ever going to get out, you know, uh, yeah. come, come their way. And, Sometimes we joke and say, you know, God has a right person for you, but he just may not be out of prison yet, you know, and, 
And they're like, what? And they're like, well, I mean, Jessamy, you know, Jessamy was just my wife. I mean, I was, I'm so blessed. I mean, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the favor God gave me with my wife because I mean, in prison, six months before I get out of prison, I'm, I'm about to on my knees, praying a prayer saying, God, I'm going to commit myself uh, to you as you, you mm. give me all these dreams and visions of ministry. And I don't, I know myself, I don't want to be distracted by a woman when I get out. So I'm going to commit myself to you as a, as a Paul in your story, uh, as a Paul, a single man in ministry, uh, just doing the work of the Lord. And so I yeah. said, plus, plus no woman deserves my baggage. Yeah. And, yeah. And, God, and God said, no time out. I'm not going to allow you to pray that prayer. I just want you to know, I have someone set aside for you and she's not going to distract you from helping from, from uh, you building the ministry. She's going to actually help you build the ministry mm. and she's not going to see your past as baggage. She's going to see your past as leverage to advance the kingdom of God through your testimony. That's good. And That's so, right. you know, so when I get out and then, and then, and then two days after I'm out of prison, the pastor asked me to come speak at his Bible study on Wednesday night. And, and I did, it was like three or 400 people. Well, after that, after that Bible study, I'm talking to somebody and then Jessamy walks into the room at nine Oh three. And, and all of a sudden that person I'm talking to became 100% irrelevant and I'm focusing on Jessamy and the Holy spirit says, there she is. <laughs> and then it, and then it brought back to rec my recollection that, that, that time in prison, when he said, I have someone set aside for you. And, yes. he pointed, and he pointed her out to me and in my heart, just, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jessamy Johnson. And I knew who she was. She knows me. Uh, the last time I saw her was like in, I mean, I coached her when she was in junior high basketball. I, I saw her when she was in high school. That's the last time I saw her. So I'm like, she's all grown up now. And I'm like, my goodness, Lord, are you sure? You know, what did she do to, <laughs> what did she do to you to piss you off that you're going to pair her with me, you know? <laughs> And, and, and immediately the devil started, you know, the devil started yeah. putting ideas yeah. in my mind. You're not worth, you're, you're not, she does it. She deserves someone better than you. You don't deserve her. And, and you know what? The devil was right. You know, the, there was some truth to all that, but a pastor came over and spoke, you know, spoke a word to me and said, you know, God sees you as a, um, as a, as a spiritual virgin. He sees you as someone mm. who's his grace makes you deserve her and makes Jessamy deserves you deserve you. And, um, and, it, it, you know, it took a while to struggle with that for so many years because I'm like, golly, man, she's never done anything. She was a virgin when she married me. Yeah. And I, and I was the opposite of a virgin, yeah. the very opposite. Hey, that, of a was, virgin. that was, that was, that was my wife as well. And I literally, I still, to this day, I do not understand it. And I struggle so hard giving advice because it, it's, I can't, there's no formula to get to that. I don't right, know the formula right. to how I deserved that. That's, I just throw up grace and I'm like, dude, that's grace. I don't, I don't know how to help you with that, but dude, I mean, he's good. He, he is, is so good. And so I, so talk about, still, no, go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Yeah. And he is still using felons, convicts, drug addicts. I mean, when he said to the highways and hedges, I'm going to invite them. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't joking. It wasn't just yeah. a metaphor. He was saying there there's going to be some people that are really going to come to me because they've been forgiven much and they are going to come with a fire and a passion that I need for the kingdom. And um, talk about let, let's talk about some more good stuff that's happened since you've been yeah. out. I mean, you've been you've been honored 
and uh, by the Easley Police Department. Oh my uh, goodness! So, so let's talk about that, man. Dude, so so um, get out the rehab. Life starts going great. Um, I'm really in a different space now. Um, I'm walking with Christ, and uh, I am focusing on becoming the man that He wants me to be. Um, no wasted time. It's nine to five, weed eating six to twelve at night. I'm working on myself, learning new things, learning how to speak better, learning new language, learning how to use bigger words when I talk to people so I don't sound like a convict, learning how to read body language so I don't make people feel uncomfortable by me. Um, I, you know, cutting off my hair because it's no longer about me no more. I want people to be happy. I want people to be comfortable around me. And so I'm entering this new place of self-development, really, really developing um, uh, this new guy that has been birthed. And, um, I start, uh, I start, you know, trying to dabble into learning new skills with like, um, web development, digital marketing, things like that. And so I'm doing all this stuff and I, I eventually learn that, you know, about social media and content creation. And, and so now I'm, I'm, I'm very kind of getting good at it. And I know how important it is back in, you know, 2016, 17 now when I first started. And so I built a page for myself personally to so where I can do ministry and talk about life and talk about things that I've overcome. And, and I start that page off by sharing a picture of a before and after picture of me uh, going through what I went through and then uh, me kind of... Um, you know, changing and becoming right. a new person. It was that, for, and it just, it took off, you know, 11 million people reached. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, it, it, it blew up. And so, um, that kind of began this, this new thought of Kelby, you, your voice matters and now you got to use it. And so, um, I started getting into the habit of just talking about what my journey and churches were inviting me to come speak and things of that nature. And so, I get invited to come speak with 200 youth at a church in Easley. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Oh, Easley. I left that place because I just did so much bad there. <laughs> Nothing was good there. And so now I get invited to come back and come back to this church. And I get up and I, I talk about Peter. And I talk about Peter and I talk about him at the end of his journey and how he betrayed Jesus, but Jesus still used him. And um, and I share my testimony with it. And um, at the end of that, here comes this man walking up through the middle of the aisle and it's detective Brandon liner. And he's got his son with him and he's just tears in his eyes. He gives me a big hug. Uh, I believe I start crying at that point. He just tells me, you know, Kelby, um, you're going to change the world. Like wow. I'm so proud of you. And uh, he introduces me to his son and, and his wife then takes a picture of, of uh, us and so that was in 2019. I never knew about, I never, I never thought to post that. I just, I kept that for me. I was like, that was just a special moment. Yeah. And um, so fast forward, I'm getting invited to a podcast and uh, to come speak or share. And uh, they asked for some pictures. And so I'm going to dig through pictures. And all of a sudden this picture pops up with the t- me and Detective Liner. And I'm like, wow, I've totally forgot about this in 2019. And so I post it and, uh, 
And you've seen the post because that was the one that, that sparked this yeah. whole thing right now. Yeah. And I said, you see this man, you see that thing on his hip? He showed up to my house with it pulled like he they were ready to go um, with 20 other officers. And this is what happened. And 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 beautiful story, all true. And uh, it just it sparked. It took off again. And um, easily police department f- finds out about it. And uh the W Y they share it. And then now the news channel finds out about it. They call me out. They want to do a whole story with like, you know, the me and detective liner and pastor Jason and how this whole, uh, this thing unfolded, which I was so honored by, especially about today when it's just so much negative in the news around our police, around community stuff, just in general, it's just always negative. So I was really honored by uh, them wanting to do a inspirational story that was really centered around Jesus and faith. And so um, I show up there, and, and when I show up for the interview, here comes the chief, the Easley police chief, walking outside, and he hands me this badge that they put on officers with a little pin, with a little pin that the officers wear, and he says, we're so proud of you, and uh, like, like we're just, keep it going. And wow. it was just such a beautiful oh. moment, because... I remember vividly those guys almost killed me one night. I remember one night I took off running in my Dodge Charger. They thought I was trying to outrun them. I didn't see their blue lights behind me. So they thought I was trying to run. I pull in a graveyard. They pop out the grave, the 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 cars, just guns out, pointing towards the car, hands out the window, hands out the window. Yeah, I got both my hands out the window. They're like, take your left hand and undo the seatbelt. I got a fake BB gun under the car seat, a pistol, CO2 cartridge. Like it is a perfect scenario for one of those stories where we shot them because, and they would have just written that story off and no one would have gotten in trouble. Um, And nothing would have happened of it. It would have been completely justified. If I would have made one stupid move or been too high on Xanax to, it could have gone really bad. And so the easy police officer comes out, uh, easy police chief comes out, shares this and, I post it and dude, I'm getting messages from all the officers that I ran into, all of them. They're like, we always knew Kelby, so proud of you. And man, I'm just in tears. And I'm like, wow, "Wow, this is just freaking, this is just crazy. It's full circle how God's grace works. And, and, um, heck they've even invited me to come speak at one of their freaking youth Uh things. And And so it's just like, who would have ever thought, man, you know? So that's kind of how that happened. I know that uh, they did a they did a new special on you, and we'll post that link to that on the show notes as well, and uh, and post those pictures of the the badge and and all the stuff they gave. Yeah, out. man. So that was really that was really really neat to to to, to look at that and see what they gave you. So it uh, was. I was so shocked. Like you got to think, man. Number one, I grew up hating cops. Yeah, and was like. Because there was never there was never a single moment in my life where where a cop got called, I I was like, oh great, it never, <laughs> never, and so now here I am, and there it's the and it's just like look what they look what they've given you. They give right. this to people who serve their communities, to people who are dedicated to laying their lives down for others, mm. not to convicted mm. felons, and and I'm just like I'm like gosh, this is it's a God moment. Uh, it is it is something only I grace can do it's not something yeah, that yeah, yeah you know that that and it's just yeah man it, it was just such an incredible moment in my life i love it because it's it's just a it's just a restorative process that god takes you with uh yes. takes you through uh to where everything is restored you know the your reputation is restored your yeah uh, your your everything god there's nothing god can't restore 
you know, and he, but he can't do it until you're ready to, to submit your life yeah. to that restoration process. And whenever you really truly were not just through your lip service, but through your yeah. actions and, and let it go from here to here to from yes. here to your heart, then, uh, then, then, then God just began that whole restoration process of yourself, restoring you to him and, and you to the community and you to the body of Christ and all this stuff. It just, I just love stories like this, man. And I know I mean, it, remind, it reminds me of the verse. He said, if my people who are called by my name will repent, turn from their ways and, and seek my face and pray, he said, I'll restore everything. I'll bring it. I'll bring it back. I'll heal the land. And in that verse, he's talking about land or Israel. But but for me, he's talking about your heart, your yeah. life. And and it was it literally just it embodied that verse for me in my whole life. I mean, it was over the past, it was over a course of 10 to 12 years, but again, I'm 29 now yeah. and I'm, I'm just getting started. And it's yes. like, you know, and, and so. Well, yeah. uh, before we go, um, this, this does go to a lot of people listen to it out here, but this goes into prisons and jails all across the nation. In fact, the people from Lexington County Jail in South Carolina. Ah, I don't know if you know where that yep, is. You yep, know where that is? Yep, I think my I, little brother I, might have been up there. I looked in, I looked it up, and I and that's the message from the, the lady that we got from uh from Lexington County Jail. Uh wow. she, they listened to the podcast. So every every all across the nation, jails and prisons everywhere will hear this. Speak specifically to those people in jails, waiting, waiting on sentencing, waiting on uh, court dates, and even the people in prison as well. Just give them some hope. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, if you're listening and you've gotten this far, first of all, I just want to honor you because it, it, it it's, it takes, it takes dedication. It takes, you know, especially when you're feeling hopeless and you're listening to other people's stories, there's only two things that can sometimes happen. Sometimes you feel encouraged or sometimes you feel really discouraged that that can't happen to me. Here's the truth. When I still work with troubled people, I, here's my prayer. God, give them the same shield of protection you gave me. Give them the same grace you gave me, God. And I believe he is that kind of God. What he has done for me, I truly believe he can do for you. The real moment in my life where everything changed was when I said, I am no longer doing nothing with my life. You can have it. The whole mm. thing. You can, you can have all of it. And um, that was when the process began. And it didn't happen just immediately right then and there. But, but over time, he gave me opportunities to prove myself in my faith. Do I really want this, Kelby? Are you sure you really want me to have your life? And he would give me opportunities to prove it. And I would I would back up my words by saying, yes, yes, Lord. I remember I remember one time I found five dollars in a book in a bookstore and I could have just I opened this old book in my old ways. I probably just put that five bucks in my pocket, but I just took that five bucks to the cash register. And I said, hey, look, I found this in one of the books. Um, you guys, I don't know. You just put it up. And it was just like little tests like that. God, God. God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. I 100% believe it. You can, from right, right where you're at, start this process right now. I do not think it was for granted at all that I started reading my Bible and putting packs of noodles under those, those drug addicts' beds because I was really starting to step into um, this life with Jesus. I was really starting to really tell myself like, hey, you, you got you to gotta get serious. The second thing that I would tell you is like, listen— it ain't over. It ain't over. You're going to, you're going to have to go through some tough stuff because this is just, this is the world that we live in. God is a God of second chances and third chances, but 
he, he you also have to you, there are consequences for our actions i still had to go through what i had to go through i still had to fight to get my license back fight to to get a job and still deal with people who don't want to hire felons that's all right i got to go through that it's okay just go ahead and prepare your heart and mind so that you don't get so hurt and turn back to drugs or turn back to that girl or turn back to that relationship just go ahead and prepare yourself that it it it, it might get a little the storms might come but it doesn't have to be the end. And so prepare your mind, prepare your mind for battle when you leave this place. It is on the moment you get out, you are ready. This is what you're doing. You are preparing yourself for this whole 18 months, 22 years, five years, however long you have, this is where you're preparing yourself to take on that battle when you get out. And I promise you, I promise you, if you seek him, you seek Jesus, you say, Lord, here I am. I want to do it your way. I want to be the man or woman that you created me to be, not the one that I think I should be. He will meet you in the middle of that place and he'll open up doors. He'll close doors. He'll 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 do things that that in my story might sound amazing. That'll even be crazier in your life. I really believe that. So don't lose hope. I really hope this encourages you. Listen, I am I am not nothing special. It, I did not go to high school. I didn't graduate college. I didn't have I didn't have a great lawyer. I didn't have parents that just extra loved me. And I just was willing to take God on his back and say, if you put your faith in me and you trust in Jesus and you walk out what I tell you to walk out. Um, you don't have to you don't have to live like this. And so that's my message, Jay, is, is so is, good that and and so i love you guys um first of all you know i love i've been entertaining the, the prison ministry and wanted to kind of really really dive into that because it's a soft spot in in my heart and i feel like it's the perfect opportunity to speak to people because they have no other choice they just right. got to sit yep. there and listen yep. to you. that is so true and so, that is so um, true i well, really man, hope this is uh, i appreciate i appreciate your time taking the time to share your story and what god's done in your life and what God's doing through your life. Cause I know he's impacting, uh, you're impacting a lot of people in, in your church and your community through your story and through your testimony. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor to, to, to know that you're a part of the forgiven felon family. Uh, Amen. you know, that, that, that forgiven felons is the name of our ministry, but it was before, way before it was the name of the ministry. It was a mindset change in prison. Mm. And, and, uh, you know, and I was like, God, what do I do? Everything you want me to do is going to be prohibited by this word felon. And mm. uh, I said, can you make it go away? And he said, no, I don't want you to, I don't want it to go away. I want you to embrace it. And mm. I said, embrace it. He goes, yeah, you don't, but just cause you embrace something doesn't mean you have to let it identify you. That's and he right. said, he said, you know, forgiven, uh, or felon is just a noun. You know, uh, you can't change the meaning of a noun, but you can change the way you look at a noun by putting an adjective in front of it. And mm, today I'm going to put an adjective, I'm going to put an adjective in front of your, your noun that is going to change the way you see that noun, the way others see that noun, it's going to cause other felons to see themselves differently when you put that noun or that adjective in front of the noun. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and he showed me that, that felon, the, being a felon is just a scar. And mm. when Jesus rose from the dead, he came back and he could have chosen to have his glorified body with no scars, mm. but he chose to keep the scars. He chose to keep something that, that probably didn't look very nice. It wasn't very attractive. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it, but it was something that represented what he went through, something that he had to go through to get to where he was. And when he stood in front of Thomas 
if 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 Jesus didn't have his scars, mm. Thomas said, I won't believe unless I can put my finger in the scars. And so good. the scars pointed Thomas back to Jesus. And so That's being right. a felon is just a scar for us, but it's a scar that points people to Jesus. That's and right. so I'm not going to hide my scars. We've had people write in when I went on the, the Mike Huckabee show and, and, and that went all over the nation. I had all kinds of so, uh, Christian women prophetesses and people emailing me oh, saying, Lord. Hey, you really need to take that label, that felon, you know, out of your ministry name. You're not a felon anymore. You're not any of this. You're not any of that. And I'm like, did you even watch the show and let me hear, <laughs> hear what I said? You I know, know it, dude. It, it's, it's crazy. It's fun. It's fun to hear people tell you how you, you should walk your testimony. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Me. But, um, I know it. but man, I admire you. I applaud you. I'm so happy that um, that what God is doing in you and through you and, uh, congratulations on, uh, being married now anniversary, uh, today, the oh, day of recording you, and good luck on, I mean, I hope you have, you know, I don't know if you want seven boys, but, uh, you know, I hope you have <laughs> a great mix of whatever you want when you go to start your family. So, uh, but thanks again for taking time to share with forgiven felons and background check podcast. And, uh, we appreciate every you're doing all, all that you're doing on that side of the, on the East coast. So, uh, uh, and who knows, maybe when I'm in South Carolina visiting a prison or a jail, uh, I'll look you up and we'll go have lunch. Yeah, man. We'll make it happen. All right, man. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. All right. Oh, Talk hey, you know you what, later. Kelby, hang on. Uh-huh. How, how can our listeners pray for you? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess how can let me see here. I would really love to um, continue growing, growing in this, these opportunities. You know, I've been really, yeah, I made a Facebook page, but there's 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 still a lot more that yeah. I can do. I, I really want to look into starting a, a nonprofit and. Um, doing a couple of other things. I just first have to make sure the business affairs are in order so that I can have the free time to go do that. And so if it's one thing that, that somebody could just pray for me with, it's just to, it's just ask God to bring the right people to, uh, to, to our business so that we Amen. can, we can continue to go and do things and that, that I can maybe, uh, dive into this a little bit more like full time and yeah. make this just really the, the walk of my life. And so that's a big one. That really Amen. is. We will, we, we will do that, man. We appreciate you, man. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Jay. All right, man. What a great testimony. Whew. I love, I enjoyed that interview. We talked for so long and I was just like, all right, this is going to be definitely, we, we got to a certain point. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a two-parter. Uh, and, and if, you know, I don't think people listen to an hour and a half long, podcast anymore you know they'll listen to 20 minute 30 minute chunks here and there but anyway uh man kelby if you're listening thank you so much for this story man and i know it's touched many lives and uh and, and listen guys i mean you know no matter how many chances you've had you know and also be be on the lookout for those people in your life that god puts in front of you listen if you're out here in the free world and, and you're living a life uh that is similar to kelby's and 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 God puts somebody in your fra- in your face like a like a big bald headed shaved head white man that you know is just out of nowhere speaking into your life. Um, I mean, I'll be that I'll be that big man, that big shaved head bald white man right now for you. You know, God's got a plan, a purpose for your life, and the devil has one too. And his goal 
is to uh, is to get rid of the God plan in your life and make sure you never pursue that. And so, uh, but I'm here to tell you that that you have the choice: choose God's will or the devil's will for your life. And man, I mean, chance after chance, God's just such a second chance God. I love Him. I love Him. I love Him. And uh, and th- and thank you for listening to the show. Okay, again, my my voice is shot, man, from from Wednesday night. Um, so much worshiping, praising, talking, just crazy. Um, so anyway, it's been a good it's been a good week. I hope it's been a good week for you. I hope it's a great weekend. And uh, let's let's lift up Kelby uh, in in what he wanted us to pray for him for. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for Pastor Kelby. McNabb, Lord, thank you for the influence he has. Thank you for the larger influence that you're going to give him, Lord. Thank you for the people that you're bringing into his business to uh, to to, to kind of help run it, Lord, so it'll free up, like he said, free up his time to do the nonprofit, the, king, the other kingdom stuff, Lord. We know that there's kingdom marketplace, but we also know there's kingdom, other kingdom ministry that needs to be done too. So Father, bring the right people into their business so that it frees him and his wife up to do the kingdom ministry as well. And so we just we just thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for their story. Thank you for the church, Rejuvenate Church, and the pastor for bringing them on staff and saying, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter where you've been. We're going to take a chance on you. Thank you, Lord, that you have people in our lives that take chances on us. Yes, there are people out there that are mean, that are harsh, that are rude. Lord, you, you haven't called us to listen to them. We don't find our value and our purpose and our identity in them. We find it in you and the people you send us. So we thank you for those people, Lord. I thank you for everyone listening right now. I pray that this interview touched their lives, touched their heart. I pray that that you grab them and give them a hug right where they are right now. Lord, there's someone who's just maybe listening to this and they're crying. <coughs> and they don't know where to go, what to do. And I ask you to just give them a hug right now. They need to feel your presence right now, God. Holy Spirit, just just wrap that person up in your arms. Lord, touch them right now. Touch them. He loves you. He loves you. And and you haven't done enough to disqualify yourself from kingdom purpose. I love you guys. Uh, I love doing the show. And uh, sometimes it just feels like it's me sitting here all by myself talking into the microphone. But the letters I get, the emails I get, the text messages I get, make it all worth it. So thank you for sharing sharing with us. Uh, and especially if you listen to prison and then you're out now, man, call us, man. We'd love to even, you know, if you're, head, if you're staying on the right path, uh, we'd love to get your story on the show, man. All right? So love y'all. Have a good weekend. We'll see you uh, Monday morning on Background Check in. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.